right, welcome back to the Raptors show. We're down here at Raptors practice with head coach Darko Oryakovic. Coach, wanted to check in with you. It's about halfway through the season right now. Um, look, results-wise, the record isn't necessarily where you guys want to be, but process-wise, how are you finding the process of this team? Because Masai had said something in his press conference where he said Darko's play style is really sustainable. So I wanted to hear about your thoughts on the process of how the things have gone this year. Mm, definitely we have a team uh, that's in the making. Uh, we had uh, a lot of changes on, on the roster and it really feels like a new, fresh start of the season for us. You know, and uh, today uh, and tomorrow we have two days uh, before we play uh, uh, Clippers. And it really feels like uh, like a training camp in a sense. So uh, we were able to implement a lot of uh, stuff offensively and defensively that we did not have chance to talk to the guys and teach them in a past week or two. Um, but uh, it's it's really that. It's, it's a process. You know, right now with the team is... Uh, uh, shaping the team around our core players, uh, around Scotty and Quickly and uh, uh, RJ and a young group of guys that we have and uh, really uh, looking forward to get uh, Yak back with, with us to establish that chemistry with, with him as well. I thought I think those are the most important things in preparation to, to uh, finish this season but also leading into the next season. Great. So I know coming into the year, a lot of the talk was about the ball movement is going to change on this team. We have seen that. You guys are third in the league, I believe, in passes per game, second in assists per game. Um, you know, how are you finding this new group in being able to execute that? And sort of what were the initial challenges when you wanted to put that style of play in? For sure, uh, challenges because uh, players coming from from different teams with different uh, habits. Uh, that was our biggest emphasis today uh, uh, on the court uh, regarding offense. Uh, we wanted to put guys on the court to understand the spacing and to understand the flow. Uh, we're giving players freedom to to play with, but also there is a responsibility that that, that comes uh, with that. Uh, ball movement, uh, body movement is something that's uh, that's very important, and that's not going to change. That doesn't matter who who on our roster. That's something that I believe is very sustainable in the long run and something that, that's going to help us uh, to build a team in the future. Do, do you think because of the trades now, you've had a lot more guards on the roster than when you started the season, for example. Does that make it easier to play .5 basketball considering that a lot of it is deciding to shoot, pass, or drive the ball in a, in a short span of time? Uh, it is. Uh, it makes us uh, faster offensively. It makes us a little bit uh, smaller defensively. Yeah. Uh, right now, we're struggling with our defensive rebounding, and uh, that's something that we got to continue to focus on and get better. But offensively, I, I really think that uh, uh, bold movement, uh, and especially when we open up the floor with with more sh uh, shooters and more, more shooting ca capabilities, it's going to help uh, with our bold movement even more. Okay. So I want to ask you about some of the, the, the new guys that have joined the team. Um, RJ, I think, has really hit the ground running. He's shooting 56% from the field since coming to the Raptors. And I looked it up. He's only taken three mid-range shots in 12 games since coming to Toronto. What were the conversations like that you've had with RJ about taking his game to the next level and getting him to play the right way? First thing that uh, I talked to RJ is um, he needs to play a, as an athlete. I think okay. uh, I think uh, his athletic ability uh, is uh, still to be developed. I think he did not reach his potential. I want him to play above the rim. I want him to be aggressive. I want him to take spot-up shots and take the ball to the rim. But at the same time, I want him to be playmaker and to make the right decisions. You know, I don't want him to feel uh, that, that there is any kind of pressure that he has to score. I always say we don't decide how defense is going to guard us. And if they put two players on you, he has to be able to find his 
his teammates and find open open people, you know. And a great example is in uh, last game we were running in ATO play for him. Mm. Uh, he touched the paint. He had opportunity to score, but whole defense collapsed. And then he find quickly, quickly find. Uh, 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 Gary Trent for wide open three. So that's kind of like something that we're going to continue developing in his game. Okay. Um, I wanted to ask you about Emmanuel quickly as well, right? We see, I know you said the other game, you wanted them to shoot more threes and you get eight, nine attempts up per game. I'm curious, have you had a lot of players in your career who are as talented as quickly who you have to ask them to shoot even more often than they do? Because I feel like most players want to shoot instead of in this case where you're almost asking them to shoot more. No, I don't think he has a problem to shoot more threes. Uh, I think uh, uh, he's on new team. Uh, he's trying not to uh, come off as, you know, whatever, selfish guy or sure. whatever. Yeah. He's trying to move the ball. He's tr trying to find his role on a team and how that develops for him. I think it's going to come natural. I would not put too much uh, stake on that. Uh, obviously, I'll, I'll try. We we're going to try as a team to put him in situations to have more of those opportunities. Mm -hmm. He's also a guard that really depends on quality of screens. And, right. uh, you know, first couple of games that he had a chance to, to play with, with Yak, Yak was really freaking him up. And he was getting more opportunities to shoot floaters and, and three-point shots. So I think it's going to come that naturally. He's uh, he's very aggressive player, mm -hmm. and that's, that's what we need him to be. He needs to be aggressive to score. Yeah. Well, I think this might be speaking to the same point about, you know, playing off of a big and all the space that a guy like Jakob right behind us creates with his screening. But notice that his two-point percentage right now is a little bit low. It's, it's under 40% uh, for the first time in his career. Do you feel like there needs to be some improvements there? Or when you look at the film, is it a shot selection? Is it just randomness? Is it a – I'd just love to hear your diagnosis about his, his, his work inside the arc. It's uh, uh, very hard uh, to to assess just like after, uh, you know, whatever it was, that 10, 12 games, yeah. uh, Ian. Um, I think a uh, big part of his uh, floaters and his mid-range shots, they're coming when uh, f uh, big man frees him up and he has those shots. Okay. And uh, lately, he, he we did not do a good enough job of freeing him up. So a lot of times he was actually getting contested shots. Mm -hmm. So we need to do a better job as a team and me as a coach to put him in situations to have cleaner and better looks mm -hmm. uh, I, I think that his shot is just fine uh, so I, I believe that he's going to be completely fine there okay good um, want to talk about Scotty as well so we've seen him take this big jump this year he's doing a little bit of everything honestly especially with Jakobo he's playing center sometimes he's double teaming the ball he's creating a lot of the offense drawing double team like pretty much anything you could ask Scotty to do he's already doing so we see that on the court off the court how have you seen him grow as a person and as a as a professional in your time here since joining the Raptors? I think uh, Scotty is doing a great job. Uh, obviously, everybody can see the progress that he's making on the court. Uh, at the same time, uh, he's doing a really good job. Uh, he's the one, uh, he's a young player. It's hard for him to, to uh, be leader with his voice with the guys. But what he does, he does a great job of leading by example. He is uh, putting a lot of work in. He's early coming to the gym. Uh, He's also going really hard in every single yeah. practice and shoot around. And that sets, sets the tone for everybody else to, to go and, and uh, work really hard. You know, so he's making a lot of uh, jumps there. His communication with mm -hmm. staff, with, uh, with coaches, with teammates is, is uh, uh, really good. So all kudos to, for, for Scotty. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, the vocal leadership part, too, is, is interesting because I think, you know, ideally you want your best player to also be your most vocal player as well. But for a guy so young, can he get there? Do you think he can get there to that point where he is like a Kyle Lowry, for example, in Toronto, who 
kind of told everyone where to be, everywhere, everywhere how to be, on the court, off the court, and you saw how that sort of lifted the whole organization. Can you see that for Scotty in that kind of future? Absolutely. I can see that uh, with Scotty, probably not with uh, at the age of 23, yeah, but yeah. Uh, at the later stages of, of a career and uh, the more he's learning the, the league mm -hmm. and uh, the game and uh, his teammates, he will be able to do mo more and more of that. Uh, he's, uh, he's speaking up in a, in a team setup, in video sessions, and uh, he's always bringing uh, great points to the table and uh, you know he's doing that in the game as well encouraging his players I can see a lot of growth in that area for him as well okay last last question about your players before I want to ask about you coach people never ask the coach about the coach it's always about the players but um, with Grady um, I know there was you, you had mentioned that he went down for a two-week conditioning stint can you just give us more clarity in terms of you know why that went into what went into that decision and also what he did specifically in that stint and uh, when you have a college player uh, who who was only for one year in college uh, uh, that comes to NBA, there is a lot of uh, unknown. You know, mm -hmm. the league is different, uh, game is different, uh, basketball is different. Yeah. Uh, he played 30-something games. Now he's coming in the league with 82 games regular season. There is a lot of change, and a lot of times their body is not body and mind is not prepared for mm. that kind of. Uh, uh, workload and uh, we thought we sat down we analyzed everything that was going on we found that, that it's very important for him to get really good continuity work with uh, with lift with our uh, player performance staff and uh, with coaches to work a lot of individually and to uh, really focus on a couple of things that he needs to improve offensively and defensively mm -hmm. and um, you know our staff did a really good job there in the question of three weeks you could see the difference the mm -hmm. way he was moving on the court with like his body and he was actually adding some weight there okay. it, it's just something that's that's for me it's natural not right. necessarily that just playing every single game is, is, a, is a great thing for player development sometimes you need to make you know one step you know mm -hmm. behind and work uh, more on on your body or mind and then put those things together through playing in with 905 uh, and then playing with us yeah I noticed uh, to, to your point um, the assistant coaches that work with them I know Evo for example works a lot with with Grady a lot of the times they're teaching him things like, you know, how to make a, a jump pass or, uh, you know, how, the proper technique on a closeout or shooting off the movement and everything like that. I think those little details, I think, especially for a rookie, is so important to transition. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how he grows. I know that he's getting more and more minutes now again, and hopefully he keeps that confidence and continues to build. Now I want to ask about you as well. So you've had a couple uh, interesting few uh, weeks. Uh, number one, I want to start with your meeting with Phil Jackson. Um, we, we know that Alex McKechnie is going to get the assist for that one. Um, but, yeah, what did you take out of that? And, and, and what do you think of Phil? When, when, what, what comes to mind when you think about Phil Jackson? Uh, Phil Jackson is uh, one of the greatest coaches ever to, to coach a game. Yeah. You know, uh, extremely accomplished, uh, won 11 uh, rings uh, with two different teams. And uh, he's somebody that uh, I had a chance to read uh, all of his books and uh. Uh, to follow his career. Somebody that I admired fro from afar. And, uh, you know, I, I felt uh, very, very fortunate to have a chance to, to sit down with him, meet him in person, and to spend uh, almost two hours talking basketball and, uh, you know, to, to create some uh, relationship with him that's mm -hmm. going to continue to grow. Um, we were able to talk about... Uh, 
state of the of the game uh, nowadays. Uh, we were able to uh, b- talk about ideas on offense and defense and the player development. It was really really helpful to to see his approach and that there is something special about him. Just the way he sees things, like uh, he sees it with, with different kind of lenses, and it was very helpful for me to to hear that from him. Okay, so. We should expect to see the triangle offense sometime in, in Toronto. <laughs> we'll see. Okay. Maybe parts of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, parts of it for sure. Um, I want to ask you. So that that later that day, you guys play the Lakers, and then you know I'm not gonna get you fined again. But you had an incredible moment, um, you know, post game, and unfortunately that comes with a cost. 25k. Uh, is that the biggest single expense you've had so far? Uh, it is, <laughs> but um, um, it's it's also worthwhile uh, yeah. because uh, all I wanted to do is to protect uh, our team, protect mm-hmm. our players and um, you know, I, I just wanted to, to make a statement there for our guys. Yeah, well, I think, you know, um, talking to Dennis, for example, I think guys really did appreciate it the way that you, you backed up the, the, the team in that day. So, I'm not going to ask you any further ones on that. I think 25k is already a big enough expense. Um, speaking of expenses though, something that kind of went viral this year, um, I think when Pascal was around he, he he talked about one day about how you know you guys go on these team dinners and there was this maybe an incentive or three wins for you know and you would pick up the tab for a team dinner is that offer still on the table and, and honestly just how often and how important are these team dinners that you guys have i mean uh, the whole deal there is it's not about uh, me buying a dinner uh-huh. it's not about that it's about just team bonding you know right. and uh um, I don't have uh, any problem to pick up a tab uh, yeah. when we win three. Uh, when we get three wins, and uh, I'm really looking forward for to, to get those three wins <laughs> this, this season, uh, <laughs> like everybody else. Uh, but uh, that uh, that's just part part of the culture of us being together mm-hmm. and sharing for each other and helping each other. And I think every time when we have those team dinners, something good comes out of that. Guys yeah. are able to connect. They're able to talk to each other. They they leave their cell phones for for an hour or two yeah. hours, and it just like creates that human human relationship that's very very important and not enough uh, uh, developed in our day society you know it's first off that's really interesting and I know Popovich for example used to always do this and I know you spent some time with the Spurs but um, the, the portable phone so I there was a two nights ago now Carl Anthony Town scores like 62 points and I think at halftime all the teammates were like aware that oh my god Embiid is also scoring a 70 points in that game so there's almost a competition almost mid-game but you kind of need to be on your phone at some time and have time to even be aware of that. Is that something that you've seen happen more and more in the league? And is that something that you, you know, do you have rules around phones, for example, in the locker room? Phones are uh, became uh, such an integral part of, of life of everybody that uh, it's it's hard to take those phones away. Uh, I know what my routine is. I know that uh, um, before the game I turn my cell phone off and until I'm done with a uh, game and media mm-hmm. and uh, coaches meetings, I'm not looking at my phone. Right. I am 100% dedicated yeah. my time uh, there. You know, uh, with players, it's it, it's my it might be a little bit different and uh, from a different generation. Different generation. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm trying to educate them a little bit on the importance of that communication at the halftime and just like for them to, to catch a breath and like mm-hmm. talk to each other and like instead of just going straight to the, the, their phones. But um, it's a work, work in progress. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure you're not the only head coach in the league that's that's dealing with this uh, thing. So I got two more questions for you just really quickly. Um, I know on a somber note that you, your friend Decky had, had passed uh, last week and it's been really beautiful to see the tributes that the Warriors have done for him. Uh, I saw Partizan also did a tribute for him as well. The fans have been great. Um, 
you know, you having known him personally, what kind of things have you done to sort of process and care for yourself in this moment? Because um, I'm sure that that's a, it's a huge loss for you. Huge loss uh, for me, huge loss for basketball com community, but the biggest loss for uh, for his family. Mm -hmm. um, I was able to connect with uh, with his brother um, very next day uh, after he passed away, and uh, he said one interesting thing. Uh, he said like, "We cannot be crying. We cannot be, you know, that Deki doesn't want that. Okay. He, he was always uh, about positive things and looking forward and fi fighter." He wants us to to move on, mm -hmm. and uh, you know that really resonated with me. Um, it just uh, puts the, puts things in perspective, For you sure. know, and puts things uh, what is the most important in life, and that's uh, family, and that's friends, and that's people that you're surrounded every single day. And uh, we're gonna miss Decky big time. Um, he was amazing human being, always with a smile on his face, always upbeat and positive, mm -hmm. and somebody uh, his legacy is, is his his smile. Yeah, well, I mean, I think there's there's a lot of strength that comes in positivity as well. And see, seeing you work well on your team, you always bring positivity, no matter what. Even if the team's losing or in a tough moment, you bring positivity. So I want to give you that credit as well, Coach. Last one, um, you know, you you are you and your wife Gaga are starting a new charity initiative. Um, tell us about that initiative and just how that came about and why you want to do it. Um, we talked about it in the summer and we, we set our mind uh, that we want to do uh, something to help community and to mm -hmm. give back to community. Um, while we were living in uh, Memphis, we were able to connect with people in uh, the St. Jude's Hospital. Okay. And uh, we had a couple of visits there and it, it really touched our heart, mm -hmm. their mission and yeah. the way how they're, uh, they're uh, treating their uh, patients and how they're helping the kids there um, and uh, at the same time when we came over here in Toronto we learned about uh, sick kids hospital um, today we'll have an opportunity to to visit uh, with them as well yeah. and uh, we wanted to tie something that uh, you know we want to be a team that ha that has a lot of assists mm -hmm. and and uh, they're playing together on the court and share but at the same time I wanted to connect this with uh, with the sharing with the community yeah. and then assisting the community here uh, so uh, we're gonna donate uh, uh, for every assist that our team makes uh, from the start of the season to the end of the season for each assist we're gonna donate uh, 20 US dollars and then we're gonna split that between sick kids uh, St. Jude's Hospital and uh, one uh, children's hospital uh, back in Serbia. Well, that's a beautiful initiative and, and by the way your team is second in assists so they're doing a good job backing up too. Well coach I appreciate you so much thank you for taking the time. Thank you so much. Open. Thank you so much.